0: This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice-cold white wine. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Mikala from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So it's Gemma here with you today, and I'm ever so excited to connect you with our guest, accountability and productivity partner, Holly Barrack. How are you?
1: I am fabulous. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me here today. I am super excited. Oh, you're so
0: welcome. And let me tell you, she will sprinkle a whole lot of productivity in your day. And by she, I mean you.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. I will indeed. I love to help women smash society's expectations of productivity. So, what you may hear may not be your preconceived notion of productivity today, might be completely different.
0: Well, um, I dare say I'm all
1: in. <laughs> awesome. Well,
0: first of all, can you um, just tell us a little bit about you? And I guess, starting with,
1: what is it that you, you do? sure so hi i'm holly barrack i am an accountability and productivity partner for women in business and as i said i help them to smash society's uh expectations of productivity i'm not a coach as such because i don't have coaching qualifications however i do have um a retail management qualifications I have got a degree, an honours degree in urban and regional planning. So I actually have a an actual planning degree, even though it's related to urban form. Um, I have got business administration qualifications. I also have a certificate in micro business, which I obtained from the Australian government through the NICE program. So I, I am actually... At a point where I could probably call myself a coach, but because I don't have that coaching qualification, I don't want to put that label on myself. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's <laughs> it yeah,
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. You, yeah, we're very similar in yeah getting qualifications and doing all the things. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Your part like qualifications and stuff, which is fantastic. Good on you um your past working life before selling out on your own
1: sure so obviously everything started when I left high school I didn't get the grades that the, the marks that I wanted to to get into university uh so I did the business administration traineeship in an accounting firm um you know did various admin jobs then moved back into retail so like when I was a kid I worked in retail uh after six months of being back in retail and I was in um, big box supermarket retail, I used to work for Woolies. Uh, So yeah, after six months they promoted me to an assistant department manager, which is almost unheard of. Uh, So I was really proud of myself for that. And that's where I got my retail management qualification. It's actually um, a TAFE qualification that they teach through Woolworths. Um, After that, I moved to Melbourne because I'm originally from Geelong And got a job back in administration because I was wanting to save money to get back to England. I had gone to England after um, the breakdown of my first marriage. And then when I was in the administration position here in Melbourne, I actually uh, suffered a debilitating injury uh, as a result of working in retail for many years and then sitting down and all these other things. And that's when I decided to go to university. So about a week before my injury flared up, which ironically flared up on my 26th birthday, um, I had applied for university, got in and then went and studied for four and a half years. Whilst I was studying, there were a few, you know, casual jobs. I worked at a um, bank in customer service in the call centre, but it was outbound, but the beauty of it was is that you were only calling the bank's existing customers and it was actually helping them. So it was a really fulfilling position. It wasn't like your credit card's overdue or this or that. It was like, oh, you're going overseas. That's like an anomaly right now. (laughs) But you're going (laughs) overseas. Do you need travel insurance? Or do you want to get a credit card to take with you? Or, hey, you're 18. Now you can have an adult account instead of a kid's account. Like it was just... It was real customer service and I really enjoyed that role. Um, and believe it or not, I actually started my first, well, I started my first business when I was 19. I sold Tupperware because that nice. is technically your own business. <laughs> um, but I, I really went out on my own. Um, during my first year of university, I couldn't get a job. Um, so this was before the bank and I started my own invitations and stationery business, paper crafting. So, cause I'd always been really creative and stuff. Um, fast forward to halfway through uni, I started working for a car share company um, because obviously the environment is really important to me. Um, well, I say, obviously, given that I express that I'm an urban planner, mm-hmm. um, but So I did that for a while and I was team leader um, and made a team leader very quickly there as well. It just started off as casual shifts. Uh, And I never actually entered the urban planning sphere because I was pregnant when I graduated. So that didn't eventuate, but I pushed through with my stationary business. And when my daughter was two, I started a VA business because that was what people were coming to me for. They were coming to me for help. Even though I was doing my stationary business, they were like, oh, Holly, you're really good with computers and websites and setting up all the technology. So can you do this? Can you do that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And they didn't hesitate to pay me. So I'm just like, what am I, why am I not doing this? This is like, it's easy work for me and they're paying me for it. So I did it. And (laughs) because of my efficiency, and my communication and all of those kinds of things that you know really help form strong relationships people kept saying to me i wish that you could be my business coach i wish that you could help keep me accountable and i'm just like oh. like that silence was literally how i was i'm just like really <laughs> serious this is not my plan not right now anyway not until my daughter goes to school but here I am she doesn't go to school until 2022 and this is what I've been working towards now for the last 12 months and here I am accountability and productivity partner so long story but you know like it's it's 20 it's nearly 20 years that I have to try and condense down and I'm a storyteller (laughs) What a wonderful working history it's always
0: so good to hear people's journeys you know yeah
1: absolutely oh, I and I love that. it too yeah, yeah
0: for sure that's wonderful and I finally tell us then a little bit about, about you and your interests outside of sure. your working time
1: so my <laughs> interests they kind of I'm just like I'm a mum of a small child yeah. <laughs> so no so I'm to, to be honest um for the last four years my interests have kind of waned just because i haven't had any time she was i was a crunchy mum and she breastfed until she was four years old like not all day every day but you know that also limited me because she would feed to sleep so i couldn't and in if it was you know the middle of the night she would only resettle if she would feed to sleep so i was like okay well i can't really do anything and you know i made the choice to have a child so this is my life for now and I know that it was a for now thing. So it's only really now that my life is starting to come back and that includes um, I have a love for fashion and culture and and lifestyle from the 1930s through to the, about the mid-1960s. So if you were to go onto my website right now, you would see that there's um, pictures of me and I've got a, uh, you know, I, I look, like I've kind of stepped out of the, the 50s, basically the 40s or the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I love baking. Um, and I found that I'm actually not too bad at decorating as well. So baking and decorating. Um all just (laughs) all self-taught of course and it's mostly just through watching like videos on Instagram and YouTube and just absorbing 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 and I made my daughter's birthday cake last year because her birthday was in July two days before we went back into lockdown and I was like well we're not having a party but I still wanted to have a cake and I made it and people were like I would pay for that I'm like well I'm not I'm not doing that sort of stuff because no, I'll leave that to the professionals, but I actually really enjoy it. It's therapeutic because I get to be creative, but it's also, it's very scientific because baking and decorating, you've got to be precise. It's, it's a real, it is a real science. Um, And I love reading and I love drawing and, and being creative. Um, I actually wanted to be an architect when I was a kid. So I was forever drawing, um, drawing houses and that sort of stuff. So yeah, that, that's, that's, my interest at the moment Yeah.
0: uh yeah so I guess let's pop on over to why we're here today as well and of course we're discussing productivity habits and authenticity which is yes. quite a mix that's super exciting
1: I am keen as mustard to get into this awesome
0: so first things first then Holly why is productivity your jam
1: Well, for as long as I can remember, time management always came easy to me. I was the person that organized all the things, whether it was at school or in the corporate world. Um, And I remember having my first diary. It was a dinky diary for anybody who is old enough to remember those. And I was eight eight or nine years old. (laughs) You remember them? You lucky thing. (laughs) It was bright blue, like it was. It was this really bright tealy kind of blue, and I was like, "I'm pretty sure that it was Santa who brought it for me." Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was my dinky diary. And then all through high school, my student planner was like, it, it was my bible basically. I had a color coded timetable on the inside of my cover, so that I knew what was what, when I had class, etc. But it wasn't until I started to work for myself full time though that I really honed in on my productivity skills and realized that there were people, women out there who wanted to learn more about how to be their most productive self. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's it. Can you tell us a bit about habits? Absolutely. I'm I'm far from being an expert, but happy to talk about my experiences and understandings for sure. So Habit is something that we do routinely, often without effort. Uh, it can be something as simple as having the same breakfast every day or something that you really have to work towards. For example, running, you don't just get up and run five kilometres the first time you run. It takes time, effort and patience. You know, that's why there's, I think it's an app or a program like the Couch to 5K or whatever it is. You know, it's it's about building consistency and doing things slowly Uh, to to get you into the habit, basically.
0: Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Love it. So then I guess talking about habits and once you've sort of created a habit, you know, whether it's, you know, taking steps to walk or, you know, um, walking from your couch to the car, like I guess all of that are are habits that we don't think about anymore, right?
1: So once
0: you've sort of created that habit, does it really, speak
1: with you um it can but it also can fade away just as quickly Mm. so creating a habit is a marathon it's not a sprint and (laughs) all these running analogies you (laughs) think i was a runner but i'm actually not like i am so i i have got the worst knees and i used to play netball and basketball but running was never my forte i was more into walking and swimming um now your listeners they might have heard the saying it takes 21 days to make or break a habit and through research, um, I've learned that this actually isn't the whole truth. It's actually an excerpt from Maxwell Maltz, who was an American cosmetic surgeon and author of Psychocybernetics, And that was published in 1960. So that's 61 years ago. And Maltz observed in his patients and through his own actions that it took, and I quote, a minimum of 21 days for an old mental image to dissolve and a new one to gel. So over the time, so, you know, 60 years, years—that's my my mum is the same age. (laughs) Um, Maltz was misquoted and his words were annotated and adapted for easier human digestion. I mean, it makes sense. 21 days isn't really that long. Mm. It's really not. Um, So, you know, 21 days to make or break a habit. Yeah, like I I always thought that, okay, well, that's, that's the saying, that's what it is. But mm. then as I was entering this world, I realized, well, actually, no, it's not. Um, and as it turns out, there was a study uh, conducted in 2009. And the average time to create a new habit is actually 66 days. That's... Okay. Like, you know, that's a fair chunk of time. That's Mm. over two months for a new behavior or activity to become normal or routine. And the study showed as well that it can take as little as 18 days, but right up to 254 days to form a new habit. So like two and a half weeks to almost a year. And that's like, that's pretty varied. Um, And I think to, to when I'm doing things myself, Um, and you know, I can, I can be on a roll with something for like months and months and months, and then I'll, I won't do it one day and then I'll pick it up the next, but then the next day I won't. And so like, and then I start to slowly fall out of that habit and I know that I can pick it back up again, but it's just about making that time to find it again. Mm -hmm. Um, so, when it comes down to it, creating a new habit or a routine, it does involve a good amount of discipline as well as time to dedicate to it. So not only that, I think we need to remove the pressure to get it right the first time. I know, as I said, like I know from my own experience that life happens and often disrupts routine. I have a four-year-old child. I have had no routine for four years other than get up, tend to child, eat, sleep, repeat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know but it doesn't mean that I give up I start again when the time is right and you know right now that is when I am now starting to get the routine back in my life and of course there's a lot of external factors I think that we need to take into consideration when we're trying to create a habit number one are we mentally and emotionally ready for the commitment because it's a bloody big commitment to form a new habit I mean let's think about you know new year's resolutions. Uh, You know, people pin so much hope on the first day of the year. It's going to be a boomer of a year or, you know, or even the month or the week. And then a week later, they're just like, nah, I give up. (laughs) And, and, And that happens regardless of whether it's a new day or a new year. But I just think that, you know, do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because everybody else is doing it or because the ads or media are telling you to do it. It's got to be right for you has to be right for you
0: yeah sure absolutely um yeah it's really interesting you you say that especially with pressure on getting it right the first time you know and I'm guilty as charged let me tell you likewise you know and you you give it a couple of days like oh no I haven't done it yet oh no you know and it's it's so easy to just do that but you know I guess really understanding how intense it is for you know, you and yourself, yourself, your mind, your body, all of it to really change that habit, you mm-hmm. know? And I guess um, patience is a big thing in it, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. And I know, like myself, I I like to think that I'm a fairly patient person, but I also know that I... I, I say that I'm a recovering perfectionist because I know that I don't do the same level of what I used to anymore. But it's sort of like, well, shit. If I can't nail it right now, then what's the use? Okay. And then you get inside your head, and uh-huh. you know. But you, which you also have to pay attention to your mental state. You really absolutely do. Like right now, I, I'm. I'm not even going to lie. I have put on probably 10 to 15 kilos over the last 12 months because of the stress related to being home in Melbourne and being able to get out of the house for an hour a day and having a child who was so perceptive about what was going on in the world. Now she was three and a half when all of this started and she's like, no mum, you can't go outside because you'll get COVID and you'll get sick and I don't want that. I am I'm going to put my child's, like, even though it was my responsibility to look after myself, I've got a dependent. And if she's that bloody perceptive, part of, I'm sorry, I'm dropping all these swear words oh, here. Dope, um, but, no. you, know, like, <laughs> you know, like if she's three and a half, nearly four years old, and can cotton on to just how bad the situation is, I don't want to make her anxiety, you know, shoot through the roof. It's my mm. job to protect her. I can come back to me when the time is right. And, you know, and now the time is right. And I can start focusing on, well, you know, my husband with his broken dominant arm and all, um, but you know, like I am, I'm now able to start prioritizing my own physical health needs um, and to get into creating that habit. And so, you know, I feel bad because I know that I've got this extra weight carrying around and I'm saying, oh, you know, habits this, habits that, productivity this, productivity that. But, again, I'm acknowledging and giving myself the time and the grace and the patience to understand that it will come, mm. that it doesn't have to be right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's one of the most important things, you know, is, is, is giving yourself, being kind to yourself, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not about now, right now. Because, um, yeah, I've <laughs> Again, guilty. I'm a right now. It's happening right now, this minute. Yesterday, that's when it's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I lived that. I lived that life so long, and
0: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. Like it was a great. It, it took a long time to get out of that, and there are still times when I do slip back yep. into old habits because it's easy to do something that you know so well, so intimately. Absolutely. Um, and that's why you know we know habits yeah um, work
0: yeah for sure and even Next, if they're bad habits you know yeah. and you know you're aware of that it you, it's still so easy to slip into them yeah you know, but I think it the most important thing is yeah acknowledging it you know acknowledging you've slipped into it you're here again it's something you wanted to change and just being kind to yourself yeah. rather than beating yourself up you know be, because you you know fell back or whatever happened you know 100 um, percent and that's the biggest thing I've learned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you know, I mean, especially with all the research info you just gave to us as well. If if you do get back into a habit with how long it takes to change it, like if, if nothing's actually gone wrong. You're just being no. a normal human,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is why this is why I'm so focused and so determined to help women smash society's expectations because i mean 21 days it's just like you know it's a holiday yeah. it is
0: oh, so. for sure oh, i love it uh, well while we're on the topic of, of mind and everything um yeah, yeah totally it brings me into a, a really good next question uh can you tell us what you think about an organized mind and an
1: organized life sure so organized mind and organized life I think it's look I can tell you straight up if my workspace is a mess my mind is a mess it really is it yeah and Sometimes that extends to my entire house. And I'm sitting here now looking around knowing that for the last four weeks, everything has fallen on my shoulders because my poor husband broke his arm and not my poor husband, but like truly he broke his left, his left dominant arm, cannot do a thing. Can't even type. Mm. So, but for some reason I've been able to let the house go as in from my space and not let it affect me because I know that I'm not Superwoman. I can't Mm. do everything, but what I do have control over is my workspace. Mm. So I don't like the fact that my house is a mess, but I've got a small human husband with a broken arm at this point of recording. Um, So running around and tidying up after she's gone to bed of a night time, cleaning up, after her really does not inspire me. I want to sit down and recharge and rest. Mm-hmm. Like I can keep my workspace clean and clear. Cause I could do that through the day as I go. Like I'm, if I'm in the kitchen, I'm very much a clean as I go person. Whereas my husband is dump everything in the sink and take care of that later. And I'm just like, (gasps) I walk into the kitchen and I can feel my stomach tighten and the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And I just get straight in there. And I'm like, I start rage cleaning because I'm just like, just clean as you go. Um, You know, and, and he, he used to be in kitchens. He, he was training to be a chef um, before we met long before we met, but um, bringing it back though, to the organized mind and organized life is that what I know, though, is from observation and experience in living with um, and being married to someone who freely admits he does not have an organised bone in his body, um, I know that organisation doesn't come easily to everybody and it's something that they have to work at. And of course, that circles back around to creating habits. So, in domestic relationships, and of course, I can only speak from a heterosexual relationships perspective, I also think that the organised mind and organised life thing is attributed to the mental load, which is a topic for another day. Um, But the number of things as well as the type of things that I've got committed to my own memory, it's absolutely absurd. Like I question myself each day, how do I remember this random shit? Mm. How do I remember where my husband's sunglasses are, where my daughter's hairbrush is, where her hair elastic is, like a hair elastic or a bobby pin? Like I can see a bobby pin on the floor and if I don't pick it up then and there, I guarantee you it is etched into my memory and I'll be like, my husband will be cleaning up. I'm like, did you pick up the bobby pin that's over near the sliding door? And he's like, how do you even know that's there? And I'm just like, I just do, I just do. You know, it's like, it's the most random thing. But like, I also have the important things in there too. But if I've got the important things in there mixed in with the not so important things, imagine what I would be capable of without the bobby pin that's on the floor next to the sliding door. You know, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: for sure. That's, oh, I, I love that. Um, I'm very much the same. It's like, are we the same person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I have those random little things, yeah, etched into my memory as well. And, yep. you know, I don't I don't have a child, but I have a cat that's probably just as messy and I'll know as soon as she's dropped or left anything anywhere,
1: yep. you know. Yeah.
0: It, it's just yeah it's it's crazy and i'm a clean as you go person in the kitchen as well so as soon as you told me about your husband i was having the same reaction in my belly too i was just like oh yep. no,
1: no. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and like i love him and i don't feel, i don't want to be ragging out on him because i'm i'm not i think he's he's wonderful and he obviously he brings to the relationship things that i don't have i.e mm. i suck at cooking i suck like I could, I mean, I'm getting better. I can now look in the fridge and go, okay, well, I've got this, 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 and I can go to the cupboard and go, okay, I can do this, this, and this. But I still take forever in there, mm. um, you know. But, yeah, so, like, you know, we are, we, we do compliment each other nicely and I just want to say that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bagging him out or anything constantly. I think he's a fabulous person. I wouldn't have been with him for nearly 11 years if that was the, if, you know, if it was different. But, um. Yeah, it's just, it's who he is. He is not he is not the organised one in our relationship and he freely admits that. He <laughs> always says it.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, speaking about, I guess, doing things or not doing them. Um, yeah. I'd love to pick your brains about planning versus doing because so many people can plan things, right? And that's, I guess that's what the first part.
1: Yeah. What do you think about planning versus doing? Yeah. So I mean, look, I said it to you before. I have a university degree in planning, albeit urban planning, but you know, it's very strategic. It is. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'm all for planning. But if we don't put our plans into action, we aren't gonna go far. It's mm-hmm. it's just plain and simple. I mean, you can plan to go on a holiday, but unless you save your money or buy tickets and book accommodation, it's not going to happen. It's just not. And it's no different to, to life and business as well. Or, um, or for me, you know, like the thing that I'm going to be like planning and then putting into action is my, my health journey, you know, getting, getting rid of those unwanted um, extra kilos. Um, So and bringing it back to the body, actually. So there are days when our body needs to rest and we're not able to do all the things. And I am so all for the rest days. Like if I need to sit on the couch on a workday, I will. And I will ignore my work because I'm not going to get anything done. It's not going to be to the standard that I want to produce. It's not going to be motivating for me to do anything. Um, and actually just yesterday... I fell asleep while I was writing notes for a podcast episode of my own. I was literally sitting, I was sitting on the couch because my body was so fatigued, just everything that's been going on. And my body was so incredibly fatigued. I fell asleep at the laptop and I was just like, my hands were suspended and I, I was only, I was asleep for maybe half an hour and I woke up and I didn't think that I had any pressure on my keys but I woke up to three pages of jjjjjjjjjkkkkkkkkkjkjkjjjjjj <laughs> and I was just like wow I must have been so exhausted that my hands rested yeah. so much yeah. that it's just done that so you know I think it's absolutely we need to honor the rest but when we're fit and able to do so the doing is just as important as the planning so planning mm-hmm. is the blueprint for how we do the things. You can't just build a city or a town without a plan. Um, And, and similarly, you can't just throw yourself into a project no matter what it is without a plan. You just can't. Um, And I think once you've nailed that plan to the wall, you've got to act on it. You just, you need to, you need to do, you need to get in there and, and just get it done.
0: Absolutely. So then why do you think uh, so many women plan that, that don't do or don't do all of it, you know?
1: What do you think happens sure. there? So I think there's two things. First, it's confidence or a lack thereof. They're afraid of something. It could be failure. It could even be success if they're, they're afraid to succeed. It could be that they're afraid of the backlash of feedback that they're going to get. They're afraid that people will troll them, tell them that they're worthless or that their ideas are stupid. Mm. But the fact of the matter is to actually act on something takes courage. And yes, it's about confidence too, but to be able to break down the barriers that that a woman faces internally and externally takes courage. And lastly, it's about society's expectations of women. It's about the patriarchal society that we exist in. I would say live, but as we've borne to witness throughout history and in contemporary times in the last 12 months, especially the last month here in Australia, women aren't living, they're existing. There is a huge, huge Chasm between living and existing, and until we have a just society, one that is fueled by equity, not just for women but for all marginalized groups of society, then I'm afraid that women and marginalized groups will continue to exist rather than live. Mm. Um, And (laughs) you know, I actually I stood up for something um, about representing women um, in a product that I used to use and I say used to because I had a really appalling situation from a customer service perspective and it was basically I was gaslighted um, and, uh, you know, it, it the lack of representation of women in this particular product for a brand that says that they are an empowering brand was there was nothing like it, it wasn't even – a tenth. Oh, no, sorry. I I lie. It was a fifth. So one in five, basically. And it wasn't good enough in my eyes. And I just wanted to start a dialogue and just, you know, I, I presented them with facts. And, you know, if we're met with white male fragility, like I was in this case, then, of course, we are not going to act We are not going to do. We can sit there and plan till the cows come home. But we're not going to get out there and stand up on our two feet and use our voices when we're just going to be smashed down.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know within your business, you know, productivity and you're all about smashing society's expectation of of women. Uh, Tell me a bit more about, about that how you sort of, you know, are doing that or what
1: is
0: society's expectation on us women? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we all know the saying, women should be seen and not heard and women should be in the kitchen and all that kind of shit.
0: Mm.
1: And frankly, that's what it is, it's shit. Mm. Um, But we have, I want to say that society has evolved. But <laughs> when you look at the racism in the world. When you look at the treatment of women and I'm not just talking about uh, women in marginalized, I can't speak for women in marginalized um, groups. I can only speak as a privileged white woman. It's actually something that, <laughs> it's got me in knots trying to trying to answer this, you know, like the, the expectations of women I think is still that we should be seen and not heard, that mm-hmm. we are here to give care to the children, to support the working husband, um, that we need to keep a tidy house. Um, actually, you know what? Bear with me just a moment. I am going to quickly, I want to pull up a quote from none other than the incredible Annabelle Crabb, mm. who is a wonderful journalist here in Australia and bear with me while I just bring it up. Annabelle Crabb wrote a book called The Wife Drought and in it she poignantly said, the obligation for working mothers is a very precise one. The feeling that one ought to work as if one did not have children while raising one's children as if one did not have a job. And I think that still stands today right now about society's expectation of women. We're meant to bring in the money, but we're also meant to, you know, raise children as if we don't have jobs. And I think, I think that's a crock of shit, to be honest. Mm. I'm just going to say it yeah, point absolutely. blank. I
0: something well, not happened to me, but said, me just two days ago and you know it's similar too but it's when I was at um so I do uh my kickboxing boxing all of that so I was at training uh for boxing and nine times out of 10 if not (laughs) higher percentage it's only me and uh, my partner who I box with that's female so it is you know mainly guys uh in the uh, boxing training but you know that's fine anyway so we were um, doing some drills and practicing with each other as the instructor you know goes around and gives feedback and helps us improve technique and everything and my partner who I box with is super strong like she you know could she, she could knock me sideways let me tell you that she never would but you know it's a very very big mismatch in our strength and weight category and all of that. Anyway, and instructor comes by and he says, super impressive jab. And then he's looked at her and he said, oh, you must be an angry woman. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but what? You know what I mean? Because of a female is Punching strong and uh, and in no way aggressive, but you know, doing what she's meant to be doing in a super strong way. All of a sudden, that makes her angry. An angry female, you know, would he have said that to the men in the class? And I think we all know the answer to that, right? Mm.
1: So, (laughs) listeners. We are obviously we will not obviously, but we are recording on Zoom right now, and I am like digging my nails into my face. I am that enraged, and my face has gone beat red. Like I am furious, absolutely furious.
0: Can you believe? Because that? this is the sh-
1: yeah, that's oh,
0: it's the shit that people say to us, right?
1: Yep. Like
0: why? What? First of all, why should a woman so she can't possibly be strong?
1: No, through- that's right.
0: Yeah, to what, because she's punching hard, that means she's an angry woman. Look, I, an angry I don't know, there's just yeah. so many yeah. things behind it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh. <sighs> out of his mouth, yeah. you know, just like, oh, you're an angry woman. Like, it's was just like, oh, good morning, you know. <laughs> <Just>
1: <laughs> out of his mouth. It, it's, it's, it's good to, well, no, it's not good mm. that it happened to you, but, mm. you know, the fact that we we can sit here and talk about it and and sure. and pick it apart and acknowledge that we are strong as all hell and we will not let these like we won't let patriarchy define us. We just no, won't. Absolutely. That's, yeah. I got a bit passionate there. Well no the whole thing's been passionate, but that was just like extra. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, speaking about being ourselves, right? Yes. Um, and I guess going back to business,
1: it, it, did you find for yourself,
0: like finally being truly authentic with yourself in your business, have it
1: saved you time? This is a really great question. And, and look, I, I had to give it a lot of thought. Uh, mm. Ultimately, yes. I have finally reached a point in the last few months where I've realized that I wasn't being true to myself in business and I needed to stop playing the hand that I had seen being played by so many others. So yes, I have seen success in my business beforehand when I was a VA, but I wasn't truly happy. So standing up for what I believe in has seen me transition from a virtual assistant to an accountability and productivity partner in ways that I didn't think I was capable anymore. And I've learned many lessons to get this to this point. And I think, you know, some people would say that they failed, but whilst you might fail and I use air quotes here, it is a life lesson. It is something that you can learn and grow from. Um, and I'm finally happy with the way that I am forging forward in my business. I actually just recorded my own. So I have my own podcast as well. Um, and I actually just recorded an episode today about standing up for what you believe in and how that relates to productivity. Um, so having this realization has, it's made things a hell of a lot easier. And it's definitely saved me time because I'm doing things in my business that, I finally feel right. You know, like they're connected and embedded in my values. And as it is, I while I'm building my business from the very beginning again, like I don't have a single client right now. And I've got a membership where I have a community of women. Um, and it's it's a paid membership, but I don't have any individual clients at the moment. And I'm totally okay with that because I am building my business from scratch again. Like I'm I'm at the bottom at the moment, like not the bottom of the barrel, dredge me up kind of thing, but it's like everybody starts somewhere and you've got to, you know, build those foundations. And that's where I'm at. I'm at the foundation of my business. And I'd rather be doing that right now than continue on with the business Mm. that didn't leave me feeling connected and whole. It's that simple. Yeah. So feeling so much better now about about everything awesome so can you tell us where can our listeners find you absolutely and it has been absolutely amazing like just easily the best interview i have done so there are a few ways that you can find me the first um as I said I am also a podcaster. My show is Productivity with Holly, available wherever you listen to podcasts and it drops every Monday. Second, you can visit my website hollybarack.com.au and that's holly h o l l i e and barack b a r a c, but I'm assuming there will be show notes and links for you. Um, that's where you can find out about how we can work together and how I can how I got to be an accountability and productivity partner among other things. Uh, the third, <laughs> I told you there were a lot of ways that you can find me, um, my online community, the Organised Biz Village that I spoke about earlier. It's a place for productivity, accountability, community and friendship. And you can join it anytime you like. It is it is a membership, but it's open year round um, because equity and accessibility are incredibly important to me. So having the village open for people to join, for women, sorry, to join year round is what I realized I needed to do. So if it sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, head to organizedbizvillage.com.au. And lastly, I'm not on all the platforms. For example, I'm not on uh, Clubhouse primarily because I'm an Android user um, and at the time of recording it's still not on Android. Um, <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and Pinterest. It's just search for Holy Barak. Um, and Gemma has got all the links for you as well.
0: I sure do. Uh, and, yeah, which yeah, takes me over to what is your final thought of today's podcast
1: sure so look it would definitely be to recognize your physical and mental health and do what's best for you and your circumstances because only you know what you are capable of don't let anyone else or any other situation place limits or expectations on you it's you the best thing for your productivity is for you to pay attention to your physical and mental health because that once, once you have tuned into that, uh, you you will just soar. You really will, and that's that's what has happened to me. Um, and and I, I wouldn't usually say you know this will happen to you um, because I don't like to say that because everything happens to everybody so differently, as we spoke about earlier. Um, but yeah, just tune into your physical and mental health, and you know hopefully things will fall into place for you productivity wise.
0: Yeah, for sure. That, that's lovely. And just before we, we go, can you tell us of course, um, so what our podcast is all about, what does collaboration over competition mean for you?
1: Oh, So for me, it means working together for the collective good. Not everybody is you and you are not everyone. So as I said before about my husband and I, we all bring different things to the table. So working together can save us all time in the long run. And I think that if and when we recognise that, that's when the good things happen.
0: So beautifully said, Holly. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Which brings us to the end of today's podcast. a little bit
1: sad actually, but thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I have truly enjoyed being here. And thank you for letting me get up on my soapbox. (laughs) You're more than welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Take care and stay safe.
0: Okay, brilliant. And that's a wrap. And as always, all of you Kick-Ass Women, fellow workwives, remember you're not alone because collaboration is power. And most importantly, of course, we all get it.
1: Thanks for tuning into
0: our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.